Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make for a Beautiful podcast. I was talking to my friend Amy recently, and she mentioned that she was in a season of really disordered sleep. And we didn't get into it very long because we had other things to do, but I wanted to share a little bit about my own experience with unexpected and disordered sleep and just talk through that a little bit because I suspect that for many of us, this is a reality that we'll face at some point in our lives. Okay, so the first and most helpful thing that I ever heard was Paul Van Hosen's story about his own experience of sleep. So I think he was 67 when this happened, so not not young, but he was in an addiction treatment space trying to work with a startup as well as with other startups. And there were needs on him pulling all the time. And especially in this addiction treatment space, this is such an enormous problem here in the United States. And so for 30 nights in a row, the Lord woke him up sometime between, I think it was between two and three, or maybe it was always exactly at three, but woke him up and he would be awake with the Lord for an hour, hour and a half, and then he'd go back to sleep. And he said, that was the only time of my day that my phone was not ringing. With the number of startups that I was trying to help foster, I would pretty much be on call from 6.30 in the morning until 7 at night. And so if I wanted to have time with the Lord, that middle of the night time was the time that I had. (laughs) And then the 31st night, he was not entirely uh, awake. He was kind of in that in-between state And the Lord said, are you in or are you out? And he said, I'm in. And at that moment, the Lord shifted his circadian rhythm and he did it in an instant. So he's kind of like permanently set in this place now. And ever since then, so this is years, several years in, Paul said, I go to bed, let's say sometime around nine and he'll sleep for a few hours. And then the Lord wakes him up between two and three and he's awake with the Lord for an hour or two. And then he goes back to sleep for a little bit more, and then he's off to the day. I found it fascinating then, knowing this, when at some point after hearing that story, I read about, I think it's called diurnal sleep, and basically what people have found, I guess you would call them, I guess, historians, but there was also a scientific study much more recently where they took a group of people and put them in a simulated environment with no electronics and artificial light that they were in an environment where the light simulated what would be natural outside in terms of sun and moon. And they were just in this space with kind of natural light. And they were curious to see what would happen to these people's sleep habits. And within a short time, I don't actually remember whether it was days or weeks. I mean, the entire experiment sounds vaguely horrifying to me, but in any case, uh, what they found was that the people soon began to do exactly what Paul did, where they would go to sleep shortly after sunset, and then they would wake up, let's say between one and three, and they would just be awake for a while. I would assume that they probably used candles. And after they did this, and yeah, after they were awake for a while, then they would go back to sleep. And so they had this, rather than sort of a solid eight hours, they had this two-part sleep. And 
it was interesting then. Historians went and traced what the literature said, and apparently this was a very common thing in the Middle Ages. Everybody just had their little time being awake in the middle of the night. And maybe that was when they procreated and various other things. But the as I think about that, there's also uh, the story of, I believe it was Hudson Taylor, who he would... I think get up at four and he would have an hour or two with the Lord with a candle there in the middle of the night. And I don't remember if he went back to sleep after that. Maybe he just got up really early. But the point is, the Lord has not specifically established eight hours of consecutive sleep as the one and only way of getting sleep. And if you don't get that, you're probably going to be unhealthy. No, the reality is we can just get rid of that specific narrative and say, my sleep is ordered by the Lord. And if it seems slightly disordered in the eyes of man, the Lord is the one who's working all things out. So I know I have seasons where I will be awake after, let's say, three and a half or four hours, and then I'm just awake for a couple hours, and then maybe I get another 45 minutes, and then I'm up for the day. But I also have the privilege of taking naps because of how my life is arranged. And I remember talking to a friend about that, that I probably had a six month period where I was getting, let's say five hours of sleep on average. And she was pretty horrified. Like, Amy, that has long-term health consequences. And I said, but I am not waking myself up. I am doing all that I can not to be stressed. I fall asleep usually within three breaths, but up until I fall asleep, I have good energy and I'm not mentally foggy. So I kind of am not going to live under the bondage of being not a healthy person, that I am doing what I can. And I find it interesting that different people who the Lord wakes up have really different experiences with him in the middle of the night. So I would say almost always, maybe always, when the Lord wakes me up, it's because he wants me to write, that it's time for me to write. I I shouldn't say always, almost always. Uh, Every once in a while, he'll have some other assignment, but it's very clear when he does that. He might have a specific topic he wants to talk to me about, and then it's almost like taking dictation, like, yes, Lord, I hear. Yes, Lord, I'll obey. Uh, He might. Anyway, so there's Every once in a while, he'll have other projects, but usually it's like, okay, it's time to write, it's time to edit, it's time to double check your work, it's time to, you know, write some more emails for this sequence or that sequence. I know for other people, when the Lord wakes them up, he gives them a specific burden to pray. And that is really precious. To me, if the Lord were to do that, I assume that it would be really clear. Um, I don't ever feel like, oh, I'm being really disobedient and not praying. I just think that's not the burden that the Lord lays on me in the middle of the night. I know for some people, I think it's actually just a gift to say, you're awake. And so now spend some time in adoration of the Lord. I think for those people, it's more about um, just that they're probably worshipers, the songbirds, the those who stand before the Lord and minister in song. But it's not so much like <laughs> go and practice your opera in the middle of the night. It's more like put on some soaking music and enjoy what the and enjoy just adoring the Lord through listening to true words about him, not through singing or participating or um, 
yeah, I think with soaking, it's not so much about like, we're all worshiping together. It's not a communal worship experience. It's more like you enter into the music that someone else is singing and just soak in it, rest in it, enjoy it. And so I just ask Lord that for those who wake in the night, that you would have real gifts for them, that there would be such sweetness, that there would be no condemnation, no stress, that instead you would simply pour out your spirit on them, that it would not be stressful, that there would be no long-term health consequences. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.